Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. Let's come back to this story yesterday. A story from the High Court of a woman, 59-year-old woman, who was suing over the misreading of her cervical cancer slides. And she died in the last few days. And she died before any kind of a deal could be done, which meant that her right to general damages was not preserved and in the run-up to her death she was so sick she couldn't even appear in court she couldn't speak for herself in court her solicitors like you know carol and company were doing all of that for her but she was so sick she couldn't go into court and her lawyers pleaded with the hse and with the labs involved to settle the case and they made in their own words, a humanitarian request to give some kind of assurance that her right to damages would be preserved. That never came. The case was due to go on trial in the High Court next month. Um, That won't happen now, obviously, or it will happen maybe later. The judge, and this was the particularly upsetting part of the report that we read, um, Judge Paul Coffey pretty much turned around to everyone in court last week and said, look, I've done as much as the law allows me to do. He said, and I quote, they find themselves at the edge of what the law can do. And it is now a case where common decency and honour become involved. There was some mediation late in the week, but the poor woman died before the talks were able to reach any resolution. Now it'll be down to her bereaved husband to, to take it up further. But another very upsetting story, upsetting chapter in the cervical cancer debacle which began a number of years ago with the late great Vicky Phelan's case. A woman I've spoken to many times since then is Carol Murray from Cork, a member of the 221 Plus group. Carol, another upsetting story emerging about another woman who has lost her life, another family bereaved, and another very, very difficult court case. But, but not for you, not, not a surprise to you at all, I think. Good morning. Hi, PJ. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, it is quite upsetting. Um, but, like, at the end of the day, I'm not surprised. Like, this is five years later, and it's still people are still being dragged through the court five years from it came to light, really. Um, and people are still forced to be go to court and stuff, you know. When they're far from able to do so, this poor lady was too sick to even go in the end. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, for myself, like, I am taking legal proceeding. I, I'm not denying that. I'm not hiding it. But for myself, I hopefully, like, I'll go, like, so far so good. I have time on my hands where there's many women that are terminal and there are many women that are still fighting to get their voice heard and get get you know, closure for themselves and their family before their time does come, you know what I mean? And it's quite heartbreaking because, like, 
they don't have time on their hands, you know, and it's it's called a spade a spade, you know what I mean? And for the fact that they're still being dragged through and having to beg for an earlier court case is absolute disgrace, like. And you were saying to me that you know of others in your own immediate group that, that have never said a word, but they're in the same position. Oh, yeah, there's women that are terminal or they're, they're re-diagnosed with cancer and stuff. And there's some of the women that are passing away that no one knows about because they've decided to stay private, which is their their decision. You know what I mean? As you know, I've been very vocal from day one, but that's my that was my choice and it's their decision. But like a few women are like they're getting sick again and they're dying. You know what I mean? Like I remember talking to Stephen Teep one time and he said to me, he said, for every one of me that talks, there are half a dozen that never will, but they're going through the same. Oh, 100 percent. Like there's more women after being added on to the 221 group only the last few months. Really? That they got a call in saying that they were actually had mistakes made as well. I think a lot of people, Carol, would be shocked to hear that today because they think, okay, there was 221, but you're you're telling me very clearly here, there are more now. Oh, there's more. Like, within the last few months, there's been more women and families of women that have been added to the group. And, like, I reckon that there might be some people that don't even want to be added to the group as well that could be uh, adding to the numbers. But not only that, PJ, I reckon there's a lot of people haven't even been notified. You know what I mean? Like, how five years later people are only being notified now, I just don't know. Like, Yeah, Emer was reminding me yesterday, Emer Tobin, of the words of Leo Varadkar a few years ago where he said that the, the state would make it easy. It hasn't. <laughs> Sorry, I actually feel so disrespectful for laughing at that comment. But, like, I feel sometimes Leo should be more like a stand-up comedian than he anything else because what he says just makes me laugh because I'm sorry, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but, like, to other people that are going through this. But, like, does he not realise, like, we're still suffering? You know what I mean? Not just me, just women that are actually terminal. Because I, I tell you, no, PJ... I'm there every week. Am I going to get called out for my solicitor with a date? Because I know I'm going to get a date this year, whether it's next year or not. I know I'll hear something this year. But the thing is, as I said, I can just put it to the back of my mind, which I do every day, try to not think of it, and say, look, when I hear something, I'll hear something. But as I said to you a while ago, I have the time on my hands to do that. There's so many women out there that are probably daily thinking, oh my God, am I going to hear something now? I only have weeks left. I've only months left. What am I, What about my family? Are they going to be looked after? Is it going to be, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he promised that no woman would have to do that. And look at us now. Look at that poor woman begging for an earlier court case and couldn't get it. Do you know what I mean? Like, so like... It's just empty promises that he made and probably still they'll, they'll come out now with another excuse, but there's no excuse, like, you know what I mean? Mm. How are you doing? I'm okay, like, I just out with the doctor there with another urinary infection. I was very sick the last few days with it, but in regards to everything else, I'm doing okay. It's just the mental side of it, like, as I, I'm repeating myself now, like, I'm constantly in fear, you know what I mean? i waiting to go for a scan now on my pelvic scan and stuff like that because I do get conscious like you know any little pain or irregular kind of you know movements and that like I'm like oh my god it's a back you know what I mean and I know I'm not the only person out there thinking it you don't have to be sick to be worrying like that but it does it does cross my mind and I just feel like it's not even that like I, I went up to the gynecologist the other day. No, I never mention any names, which I won't start now. Okay. And um, 
I've said this that I've gone to guy me appointments and it's very disheartening when you see all these pregnant people and whatever you know um, which is okay like I'm not the only woman like that you know but I'd be quite upset as it is up at them appointments so I was in there anyway and I was having a bad day anyway myself and um, I went in to see the doctor and he goes and how do you know you still have the menopause and I was like, oh, I just started bawling, crying then. I said, because I have the symptoms and I'm still very much menopausal. I said, I was actually advised by my radiologist that no matter what, I'll be in the menopause until I'm in my 50s because it was medically induced. So I said, again, if you look at my file, you would see that, you know. And I just felt like I had to sit there and explain my case, you know, and explain. Yeah. Like... I left there actually walking out very, very abruptly and I wouldn't be a rude person anyway. You know, I hate mm. confrontation. I know. But like, I was so upset. I was literally bawling. Like, I mean, a tug in my heart leaving and the nurse was like, are you okay? Do you want to take a minute? And I said, no, I just want to get out of here. And I, I just, sorry, no. I'm not saying I deserve to be like getting this royalty treatment. Like, but you know, just give me the time and actually make me feel that you care that I'm there, you know. I know, Carol, and we've had conversations like this before, you and me. Sorry. Don't dare apologise. No, 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 don't dare apologise. I, I know, I'm not the only one suffering from it, but it's just, I find it very hard to trust doctors as it I is. Know. I know, Carol. Don't be upsetting yourself. I, I, you've cried on this programme before, and, and it's, it's terrible to hear you upset again. And it's a reminder to us all of what the families and are going yeah. through day to day, you know, it, it really is. It's it's just it's disheartening, like and Listen, go and relax and thank you as always for talking to me. Look, I just do want to send all my thoughts and my love to that family of the woman and like hopefully things will come to life for them and anyone else that's suffering just don't suffer alone. Carol, you mind yourself, girl. Thanks, PJ. Thanks again. Bye, bye. Good talking to you. Uh, she's tough. She's tough, but you can't hold it up all the time. Nobody can. Thank you, Carol. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Tara got in touch as well. Tara, you've come through a court process fairly recently, and I think you're now in a position where you can talk about it for the first time, which is, which is good. You're a client of Keno Carol who was also, of course, Vicky Phelan's solicitor and was the solicitor for this misfortunate woman who passed away in the last few days. We'll talk to Kian later. But you believe that people should be aware, Tara, of what it takes to get a case into court, let alone what you go through once you're inside there. Good morning. Yes, 100%. Um, a lot of what I think people don't realise is how much work goes in from both solicitors and clients like myself. Like, you don't just kind of go in and they take your case and that's it. There's a lot of medical reports need to be done. There's, a, like, so much work before you even get to trial, like extensive medical appointments, psychiatric evaluations. There's loads of stuff that I think people are really and truly unaware of. Like, you have to get a load of stuff rechecked and that's difficult. Yeah, um, mine were actually rechecked by Dr. McKenna up in Belfast. He's um, a leading cytologist in Belfast. So he would have had to recheck both my smears and then write a report. And then my report would have been sent on to another doctor 
called Dr. Shepherd in the UK, where he then, you wait for him to agree or disagree mm. with Dr. McKenna before Kean will even put proceedings together. So, make this clear, two doctors checked. Two doctors, yes. All of your tests to come back to Kean and say, there's a case to be answered here. Yes. And, and then he brings it into court. How long does getting it into court take? Mine was two years. I'm sure there's other women may have, you know, got to court a little bit quicker. But mine did take two years. And what's it like when you get in there? It is very daunting. Um, I unfortunately was under the illusion due to an announcement from Leo Varadkar that, you know, every woman in Ireland that has been through this or unfortunately will go through this, there would be mediation offered and there was none in my case Mm. and in a lot more women's cases that you know people would think so my case was due to be heard in December 2022 but it was adjourned till January of 2023 so I went up I was three days in a witness box being cross-examined and I suppose this is probably why we want to highlight things is the treatment of victims and that this is what the women are and like in one sense I was extremely fortunate like I am now healthy thank god but there is other women that have a much bigger fight on their hands than fighting a justice system they have they're fighting for their life and these women are also going through court proceedings as well and being cross-examined and I suppose you just want to make people aware that it is not, certainly not as easy as you go into mediation and that's it. Like I spent three days, as I said, up on stand and my whole life, my whole medical history, everything except my smear tests were trashed out in front of an open court. Three days asking you what? Um, about different procedures I would have had over the years that would have absolutely nothing to do with my smear tests. Um, one of the main things for me was my daughter. I have two daughters, but in fact, in court, it seemed I only had one. Uh, she suffers mild sensory issues and she was very, very much a target of my cross-examination. Like after my hysterectomy, I would have gotten a lot of health anxiety, but it wasn't it wasn't due to the hysterectomy. It was actually when I realised the results of my previous smears weren't read correctly. And a lot of it was being blamed on my six-year-old daughter because of her sensory issues. Um, like it, it got so far to the point the court intervened on the third day and said, like, enough. Um, at that point, I... Was very blunt. I while I told them I was not answering any more questions about my six-year-old daughter, that the whole cross-examination had been made about her, and at the end of it, say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. One hundred percent online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. 
With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. She's an innocent child. She has minor sensory issues. It certainly didn't cause me depression or anxiety. So what I'm understanding here, Tara, and I spent a few years reporting from the courts myself. So I've seen cross-examination, I've seen tough cross-examination. But what you're telling me is part of your cross-examination was about your daughter's health, your daughter's well-being, not about yours. Yeah, majority of us was about my daughter, um, which really had no relevance to why we were in court at all. So how did you feel with these questions coming at you about something that had nothing to do with your with your cancer? I suppose I was, I was cross. I, I end up very, very cross as what the reason why we were there was never approached by the defendant's counsel. Um, it was very much skipped through as if it never happened. Wow. Yeah. And after three days in the box, you said you... You, you wonder, do criminals get treated that way? I don't think they would. Like, I felt like a criminal. Um, and for me, the wrongly word smears were traumatising enough. But little did I ever know that actually going to court to try and get justice, that was even more traumatising than what had happened. We were reminded yesterday of the, the words of Leo Varadkar when all of this started. They must ring very hollow. Oh, they do. I mean, I a couple of weeks after I came out of court, my court actually case finished him on March the 3rd. A few weeks after that, it just wasn't sitting right. So I actually, in turn, I emailed Leo Vradkar, I emailed Michal Martin, I emailed Stephen Donnelly, all local TDs. I've yet to hear from Leo Vradkar. In fairness, Michal Martin did ring me. There's been nothing else from that. And I got an extremely generic email back off Stephen Donnelly. And the frightening part is, this is the person that is the Minister for Health. And what were you saying to them, Tara? Were you just outlining what you'd been through and saying, come on, lads, do better? Yeah, like, look, we all know the flaws that may have been in cervical check and things. And that, like, I never, like, that is not my aim. My aim was to try and help, like, women that unfortunately won't or aren't as lucky as what I am and didn't have an absolutely amazing consultant who did spot everything that was going on, that the victims are being traumatised in court. And, like, I can't even begin to imagine how hard it is for women that unfortunately are in end stages of life or terminal to be dealing with being treated like this. 
on top of everything else. At the very minimum, there should be guidelines put in as to how victims are treated, how long they can go on the stand, and at what point they go on stand. I was on stand at the start, and it turns out there was never any need for me to have went through this cross-examination. So that was my main aim. And I, I just got a very generic email back from actually with Stephen Donnelly's private secretary kind of saying that they support, you know, the National Screening Service, which like that's that was never my issue. You, that was never what I emailed. That, that seems to be a thing with a lot of government statements and government emails. They answer every question except the one you asked that that that, that wouldn't surprise anybody. I suppose, Tara, you wouldn't for a second think or expect that people who go to court the other side must have a right to defend its case, but there's a gentler way to do it, correct? Look, everyone has the right to defend their case, but I I do think these women are already up there. They're traumatised. Like, none of us have, like, I certainly didn't want a hysterectomy at 32. I, you know, I certainly didn't want to be sitting in court getting, you know, my whole life trashed out. Um, and I just think there there does need to be a kinder approach, and it's not even a respectful approach. How are you now? How's your health? Thankfully, all all as well. Um, it was actually more mentally. It, it most certainly took its toll on me mentally. I suppose, it, like everyone else, you don't think it's going to happen to you, and then all of a sudden, it does. Now, as I said, I had a wonderful consultant. I am one of the very lucky ones that. I did lose my womb, but on, on the grand scheme of things, when you look at all these other women that have lost their lives and husbands have lost wives, kids have lost mothers, like, I am lucky. I am, you know, I'm still here. And I suppose that's why I just felt that this had to be addressed in the sense of, I don't think anyone knows how badly any of us women have that have went to court have been treated Tara, thank you for talking to me, and I wish you well. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, Tara. That's fairly harrowing. Three days in a witness box and asking about every conceivable element of her medical history and fascinated, well, that's probably the wrong word, but focusing very much on on her daughter. Wouldn't have seen how that was acceptable, but... There you go. That's the courts for you. Keanu Carroll is the solicitor who has represented a number of people throughout the course of the cervical check debacle, most notably and most memorably Vicky Phelan. And Kian, I know by the end of it, you were more than just solicitor and client. Oh, he's gone there, lads. You might try and pull him back in for me. But they were more than solicitor and client by the time it was done they were they were good pals he also represents Tara who we spoke to a few minutes ago Tara is just done with her court process and she was talking about the adversarial nature of what she'd been through and her three days three days in the witness box uh, making her case under cross-examination that button is stuck for you might release it for me thank you uh Kian, good morning Good morning, PJ. Now, first of all, I haven't had an opportunity to speak with you since since Vicky passed, and I know that by the time she did, you were good friends as well as everything else. So, so, so sorry for your loss there. But these cases, I never knew the kind of things that a woman could go through until I listened to Tara a few minutes ago. Oh yes. Um, 
Now, Tara's case was unusual, but that doesn't excuse it. Um, it was unusual in the vehemence um, and uh, awfulness of the cross-examination here. And I don't understand why it happened in that case. You just mentioned uh, Vicky. Um, there was almost no cross-examination of Vicky. And I know she found it an intrusive experience because we had to, our team had to ask her a lot of very personal questions in a courtroom in order to get the information out. And even that is now normally moderated by the court and we can hand in a lot of reports and try to avoid uh, a lot of the uh, awful intrusiveness of discussing matters of your sex life and your just bodily functions that are impaired as a result of damage from these injuries. Yeah. But in this case, that didn't happen. And um, at, I mean, in any case, it will be so extraordinary to see a civil case where the plaintiff is cross-examined into a third day. Um, and the nature of that cross-examination, the manner of it, uh, was uh, gratuitous and utterly, utterly unnecessary and unjustified in the circumstances. But you've heard that already from Tara. Yeah. I mean, every we, none of us would say for a moment that any party to a legal proceeding isn't entitled to make mm. their case and make it, make it cogently and stringently for themselves. But this seemed to go over the top. Um, I would be very, I'm very slow to criticise another party for, as you say, exercising their essential and constitutional right to, to, to defend themselves in a sense. I know that's, that's, mm. uh, uh, that right is still there in a civil case as much as in a criminal case. However, um, there has to be a level of um, human in these things. And there should also be a higher degree of protection, I think, and, and intervention by the court in such a case. But, but it's the background to this, and forgive the background noise here, I'm on a train, but the, the background to all of this, of course, is, as Tara mentioned, um, uh, set against a promise yeah. from government, from a Taoiseach and a Taunashta, that women would be not only dealt with in a non-adversarial way, but that they would be supported. And what Leo Varadkar said initially was that we will stand with the women against the laboratories and what they've done and in this case what's very interesting is that you know, she was facing a senior counsel acting on behalf of the HSE through the state claims agency who had originally been appointed by the laboratory that was Medlab Pathology Limited in this case. So the state handed over the running of the case to Medlab and I don't want to be overly dramatic but it's a little bit like you know, extreme repression when the United States farmed out the torture of prisoners to other states who didn't have a human rights issue with it. The, yeah. state knows, the state knows that a private laboratory has a commercial interest in defending their case vigorously and sometimes viciously. Yeah. And they are handing over and then washing their hands of responsibility for this type of behavior in litigation where women are injured as a result of their health service a health service and a screening service that the Supreme Court of Ireland has found to have been deficient to the extent that it's responsible for the deaths of tens of women and the maiming of hundreds. Yeah. And yet they hand over responsibility to a private laboratory and then say nothing to do with us. Which is exactly what Leo Varadkar said wouldn't 
wouldn't happen. With, with regard to the most recent case, Kian, I know you were you were a solicitor on that one. I know that for for legal reasons, we're not naming the lady. She can't be named. Yes. But but I know every attempt seemed to be made to expedite that case before her inevitable passing. And well, the words the of Judge, the words of Judge Coffey yeah. when he said, "I'm at the edge of what the law can do." I'm pretty much calling for decency to prevail, and it didn't. Um, well, he, he, yes. I mean, everything was done to expedite the matter by my client and and her team. Yeah. And the court facilitates that as far as it can. And it's an extraordinary thing to see how quickly things can move when they have to. I mean, Vicky Phelan's case was progressed from the very start, from, from walking in our door to a conclusion in the forecourts within, what, 12 weeks? And other cases have been even shorter. But that's because somebody is dying. Here, then, matters accelerated and her condition deteriorated rapidly in, in the final couple of days. And that's what brought about that application because we did have a trial date for next month based on the fact that, that she was in serious trouble. But things got just much more serious very quickly. Um, all I can say is that there was a mediation before she died and it was unsuccessful. We're not allowed to discuss what happened in those. But, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't, um, I wasn't happy, obviously, with the way matters concluded. But I think it's, that there's something very, very wrong in that situation where, at least on the face of it, according to the law and according to Section 7 of the Civil Liability Act, the, the wrongdoer in an action like that profits from the person's death, the death that they have caused. And if it's established that they have caused that death, and I believe it will be, as it has in so many other of these cases, in fact, all cases brought to date, um, well, then it will be utterly wrong if that Section 7 ruling yeah. were allowed to stand. And, and, and we, we argue that the state and the laboratory should be prevented from relying on that section because it merely allows the wrongdoer to profit from the death that they have caused. Lastly, um, lastly, Cian, and, and, and briefly, the words, again, the words of Leah Baralka when all this started, they ring hollow and horrible now, don't they? Well, they do, but it was also echoed by Michal Martin, both, uh, both as Tornishta and Taoiseach. I mean, at, and, and when it came to the Cervical Czech Tribunal, he repeatedly said in the Dáil, in fact, on the day when the late Ruth Morrissey died and he came in to express condolences and he was challenged on the adversarial nature of the cervical check tribunal. And he, he, he took on Mary Lou MacDonald and said, no, I'm telling you, it is a non-adversarial tribunal. But I can tell you that is completely wrong. He was just uninformed. I'm not suggesting he was misleading anybody, but he was completely uninformed and didn't realize that it was a highly um, adversarial forum. And these cases which are taking place in the High Court are, in my 30-year experience, these are the most adversarially conducted trials that I have ever seen. And in the context of very complicated litigation, that's just, just wrong to people who are innocent victims of failings in our health service. Kian, thank you for being with me on the opinion line. Kian O'Carroll, solicitor for many of these women, including Tara, including... Vicky Phelan, including the unnamed woman whose case went through the courts, or rather didn't, last week. Courts 96 FM.